0: day, a.k.a. the edition of the Strictly Strikes podcast, we got the whole trio back after, what, five days now? Got Muhammad here with you, yours truly, along with Andrew Gillis and Mike Nislik. Andrew, you know, he was too cool for us the last two days. He was in Charlotte, North Carolina at, uh, I'm probably going to get this wrong, or no, I think this was the right place. You were at the Coca-Cola 600. Is that where you were at, Andrew, in Charlotte? That, That is correct. How was that? I don't know much about car racing or NASCAR, or any of that. I don't even know if that's NASCAR, but what what was so cool about that? I know it got delayed to Monday from the weekend. So tell me what that was like.
1: Yeah, so it's a it's it was a NASCAR race. It's it's the longest one on their circuit. Um, uh, NASCAR events are really fun. Um, I would recommend them to anyone. Um, you know, I am like the most casual, casual NASCAR fan you could possibly imagine. Like I probably could have told you like 15 or 20 drivers out of like a field of 42. And that was it. Um, (laughs) I'm just not, I'm not super, you know, connected to it. Um, But they're they're just really fun days. Like, um, you know, I got lucky me and um, my buddy went down. We, uh, we have a a couple of friends that live in Charlotte. Um, So we were able to stay with them for free. Uh, That was really nice. We were able to do that. They were great hosts and, and they were, not bothered at all by the fact that uh, the race got postponed. Um, NASCAR is a little bit different than, like, any other outdoor sport. If there is, you know, I, I mean, if there is an ounce of rain on the track, they will send out track dryers to try and make sure that thing is dry um, for the for the race. But, yeah, I mean, it's a really fun event. Like, you can bring in your own coolers. So you can bring in beer, soda, water, food. You can bring in whatever you want. Um it's uh it's it's a really cool day um and you know if if you've ever been to a NASCAR race you know what the you know what I'm saying but like the noise that they make when they come around the turn it's just it it's unbeatable it's it's a really cool thing so um glad I was able to do it you know it was fun to step away for a few days and and kind of go see all that and go do all that so
0: yeah it was a it was a good time Mike are you a NASCAR guy do you like watch race like to watch racing
2: no, I've never watched a race in my life. So that, I, makes I get, that makes me feel good. That makes me feel good cuz that means really I'm not alone. Into, I feel good.
1: People get really into F1. Um because there's the Netflix series uh like Drive to Survive or whatever it's called. I still haven't watched that. Um but like people people get really into F1 and I um uh, I know that uh, like that that is becoming more and more popular. But yeah, I mean like NASCAR used to be really popular. It's fading in popularity for sure, but Uh, It's really fun. Um, They're just kind of fun, mindless activities to do for a day. I enjoy it a lot.
0: Fun, mindless activities. Well, I will say Charlotte's a nice city. And a matter of fact, the last time I was in Charlotte, I unknowingly ran into Mike and didn't realize it until, what, three years later because we were both covering the Belk Bowl. I'd never met him. I didn't know he was there until we talked about it. I think on one of the very first podcasts we ever did back in October – Um, which is still funny to me just thinking about that. But yeah, that's a a good place. Glad you had a good time. Jumping back into the Queen City, um, obviously the interesting talking point I wanted to ask you guys about. So first of all, I think we're all in agreement on this, but I have to make sure we're all in agreement. So of course, the biggest free agent on the market right now is DeAndre Hopkins. Cardinals cut him last Friday. He becomes a free agent once his paper's processed on Tuesday. He hires an agent from Cleveland that same day. Let's just make sure we all agree that the Bengals will not and should not and will never consider DeAndre Hopkins on their team, ever,
2: for yeah, now.
1: They, just, like, there's just no room. It doesn't really make any sense. Um, you know, I don't know if you have the cap space. Um, you know, I looked this up on Over the Cap. They have $14.91 million in cap space. Um, that's fine uh, if you're going to do a multi-year deal. I just don't understand – you know kind of where you would do that there's not really room for him you know unless you want to move T Higgins or uh Hopkins to the slot or i mean i guess you want to move Jamar to the slot like I, it just it just doesn't make sense
2: Uh yeah i don't i mean they, they weren't you know they have a full wide receiver room uh with no spots to really fill I don't, I don't think that there's any space for him i don't think that it would work out contract wise either um you know not every free agent's consideration for every team and you know, i don't think he's a fit with the Bengals
0: He's too old. He's going to turn 31 next week. He's too expensive. I mean, you look at how much dead cap the Cardinals are eating. I think it's almost, what, $23 million, which is what Spot Track says he's worth annually. So too expensive, too old. Uh, I don't really trust his production. I'm not saying he can't play decently, but his last two years in Arizona are concerning, partially because he had a six-game suspension for using performance-enhancing drugs. And then the year before that, he missed the final four weeks of the year with a torn MCL. So injuries, age, concerns, not worth it. And at that point, if you're going to pay him all that money, why not just give it to T. Higgins? Why not just maybe, because we talked about it yesterday, why not maybe try to negotiate something with Tyler Boyd if you want to keep him around for a little while longer, even if it's just for a year, two more years, because he'll be 30 next year. He's still 29, or he will be 29. It just doesn't make sense to me. But what I really wanted to talk about, though, now that we're all on the same page, is, you know, I think you think about all the teams that are considering him, like the Browns, or that, he you know, he could fit with the Browns, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, obviously, those are teams that the Bengals play next year, including, you know, of course, most notably uh, the Chiefs and Bills and then the Browns on week one. You know, they're going to play them twice a year for the Battle of Ohio. You know, and maybe this is sort of a a broad question, but like you think about those teams I just tossed. If if he were to join either of those teams, where do you think he would be the hardest to stop if you're the Bengals? Like if you're Luana Rumo and you see DeAndre Hopkins, which team him being on would make you sweat the most?
1: Yeah, you know, I think. The easy answer would probably be, you know, Buffalo or, or Kansas city. I mean, obviously Buffalo has been kind of in desperate search for that number two, number three option. I mean, they, they, uh, you know, they thought Gabe Davis could be that. I don't think he's a, you know, a genuine number two in the league. I I just don't, I think they're kind of forcing that. Um, But you've got Dawson Knox there and and kind of they just drafted Dalton Kincaid and now adding Hopkins would be good. And then obviously adding Deandre Hopkins to, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, adding anyone of quality to Patrick Mahomes is kind of a nightmare, but I actually think it's the Browns, um, you know, that would be the hardest part. I wrote about this in the morning briefing, like the the Browns just traded for Elijah Moore. And if you make their receiver sets, if you go 11 personnel and you've got Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, and DeAndre Hopkins on the outside. Then you've got Nick Chubb in the backfield. Like that's a really, really difficult combination to stop. Um, You know, obviously they've still got David Njoku at tight end. uh, And that's, uh, you know, that's another athletic guy in their, in their passing offense. So I just think that he would do more for the Browns than he would for, uh, for, for any of the other, any of the other teams that he could possibly be considering just because You know, if Deshaun gets back on track, like if Deshaun turns into, um, you know, the Deshaun we saw a few years ago, like 2019 Deshaun, um, 2020 Deshaun, that Browns team is going to be really, really good. And I just think that if, um, you know, if you have to plan for that, you know, if you have to kind of worry about their passing attack with Nick Chubb in the backfield, I mean, that's just that's just a disaster waiting to happen.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen any reports linking him to the Browns other than from the Browns people, you know, asking, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, of course he would love to have him, and that makes sense. But, I mean, you've seen New England, you've seen teams from the NFC East. um, You know, I guess New England and the Chiefs are the ones that um, went after him, you know, in terms of trade scenarios before uh, he was released. I mean, you know, I, I think the Chiefs would be tough just because, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. You don't want to see him from a Bengals perspective get more weapons, but um, that's one of the only one that I've seen that realistically would be sort of um, one of the, you know, Bengals opponents for, for next year.
0: I mean, Kansas City would be an interesting one because you just drafted Rasheed Rice in the second round. You still have Marquez, or I guess it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling, You have Sky Moore, who I know he didn't do as much at wide receiver than he did at punt returner, but you have him. Um, And, of course, Travis Kelsey, who's the greatest tight end in the game right now, one of the greatest of all time. But, man, you swap out Sky Moore or even swipe out MVS or whoever else I mentioned for uh, DeAndre Hopkins, again, I wouldn't necessarily be fearful if you're Lou Anarumo but I think it's definitely someone to keep an eye on because the thing with DeAndre Hopkins maybe the counter argument I'm gonna make to myself about oh his production has declined the last two years is I mean what his first year in Arizona 2020 even though they were terrible he still played pretty good um of course if he didn't hurt himself and if he wasn't suspended for six games last year Maybe he doesn't do as well as he did in his prime, you know, when he had Deshaun Watson throwing him the ball in Houston, but he's better than your average Joe. I mean, better than probably, I would say what Juju Smith-Schuster, who was one of, you know, the top targets they had last year in Kansas City, or even McCall Hardman, who's with the Jets now. Um, So I think that would be interesting, especially because you have the best player in the game, Patrick Mahomes, who can make a scrub look like an all pro. Um, And DeAndre Hopkins is not a scrub. So just imagine what he could do with him. I don't think this would happen, but I am with Andrew, and he says the Browns would be the most like difficult to stop because, I mean, you have Amari Cooper, you have Elijah Moore, you know you still have DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones for depth. I really like David Njoku. I don't think he gets enough credit for how athletic he is. Um, and that offensive line, I honestly believe, is the best in the AFC North. And I was talking with Dan Lobby about that yesterday. But then all of that with Nick Chubb, right behind Deshaun Watson, who wants to prove himself after he missed most of last year with his 11-game suspension. That that would be crazy. And don't forget, it's not like they played together for a good three, four years in Houston. So um, that would be really interesting to see. And that would, like I said, I think it'll make Louie Enarumo sweat a little bit from his brow, but maybe not too much because, uh, as Eli Apple once called him, he is the mad scientist. Well, speaking of the mad scientist, we're going to talk to one of the mad scientist's minions, and that is defensive tackle B.J. Hill, who is quickly rising as an unsung leader on the Bengals defense and is the latest fan favorite after shaving all his hair off. We're going to hear from him as he talks about his offseason and his expectations for 2023 when we return on the Strictly Stripes podcast. And welcome back to the Strictly Stripes podcast. I'm joined by Bengals defensive tackle BJ Hill, who has obviously a very different look. But I will say, BJ, I think it's a great look. I know you obviously want the hair to grow back, but I I mean, just, uh, you know, you you, you see the camaraderie you guys have, having fun, like shaving your hair off. I mean, clearly it just speaks to the fun you guys have in the offseason, the camaraderie. I mean... As much as you want your hair to grow back, do you at least, you know, enjoy just taking in fun activities like this? Oh,
3: yeah. I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, I'd do it all over again if I had to. It was definitely worth it. Um, like I said, I mean, team building too as well. So people, you know, make jokes here and there. But, you know, what, my hair is growing back, now I'm cool with it. Yeah, I mean, obviously,
0: we're at the end of May. But it's almost like the energy in this locker room is as if, like, the regular season starts next week. Like, to have this kind of energy, this kind of excitement, why is it so
3: important having it now with the regular season still a couple months away? Uh, we, we just love ball. We love football. We love being around each other. We really cherish our time when we uh, together, on the field together, and just running around and have fun. Uh, I th- that's why we're so special. You, you see it each and every day in the locker room, even on the field, that we really care about football and care about each other even more. On
0: the field, you know, you guys are in phase two workouts, uh, OTA start next week. What do you really like about what you've seen from the defensive line so far? And how has Coach Hobby been coaching you guys up?
3: Um, Coach Hobby's doing a great job with us. Um, going back to our fundamentals, where it all start from day one to uh, the end of the season. That's where he always teaches, your no matter where, that's where we can lean on um, all the time. Um, but it's going really good. I'm excited for the defensive line. Uh, like I so said, we had a couple of guys. Um, we got some young guys coming up. It's going to be very special for us this year.
0: Do you have any specific goals in yourself that you have, like, in the off season, Or are you just kind of here to, you know, kind of stay in shape, stay in tune? Or is there anything unique to that?
3: Yeah, I have goals. I like to keep them to myself, though. Um, more personal to me. Um, so, yeah. And I guess as a defensive line, do you guys have any just overall goals as a unit? Oh, we definitely get, we got some of those too. Um, we, got, we know we want to take a next step, be better than we were last year, year before. Just keep on taking steps towards being a, a great defense. You know, last year you took a, a big role being a
0: full-time starter. You played more snaps than you've ever played in your career. I mean... To, to go with such a heavy workload and then going into a new year after that i mean what do you take away from last year and how do you build on that workload going into 2023
3: i'm excited I'm, I'm ready to attack it all over again do it all over again if i have to um but like we got we got young guys coming up we got zach going in the second year he's gonna do just fine he's gonna take some of that off um a lot of us and um, he's gonna step up big time for us but like i said i'm preparing well get my body um ready for it um Ready to roll.
0: How much of a leap do you feel like you and DJ together as a front unit, just you two up front, you know, playing no tackle? What kind of leap do you guys think you can take together next year?
3: I think we, we're two of the best um, uh, duos in the league, man. Um, numbers speak. Um, us winning big games, having us win big games. If you can find me two better, more power to you. But I don't think it's two better than me and him. Um, then you add Josh and Zach with it, man. We, we really got a, a, a really good interior group.
0: And on the other side, you guys obviously had Miles at Edge Rusher. You know, what
3: have you seen from him, and how much juice is he already adding to mm-hmm. your all's pass rush? Yeah, he's going to be great for us. Uh, he's still learning the defense, getting used to it, getting comfortable. Um, I can't wait to see him when we put him on the pads and uh, get ready to go. Yeah, definitely. And
0: I think, you know, just as a defense, obviously, you know, you you saw a lot of the new draft picks that were brought in, like Miles. I guess as a defense overall, just beyond the defensive line, how sharp have you guys looked this offseason with the new guys and other guys you brought in, like Terrell, for example?
3: Um, I think everybody's doing well. Everybody's getting along very well. We're communicating very well. I think that's the most important part, the communication piece, where uh, right now, this time, we need to communicate before we put the pads on so we can get used to people's voices, how we communicate, how we just do different things. I think they're doing a, a great job in the back end.
0: I guess my last question is now that you've been in Cincinnati for, I guess, almost two years now. Uh,
3: going on, pretty much, going my third year. Third year, yeah, yeah. that's right, yeah. yeah. See, it,
0: it, Run, it all runs together going on to your third year I mean what do you like to do in Cincinnati especially once you guys get closer to the off season, off season. what do you like to do I mean I know you're a big photography guy what do you like to do
3: besides that in your spare time I, I love I really love Cincinnati um man I, I just like to just hang out go my favorite thing is to eat I love good food I like find new food spots to so just try out um that's that's pretty much my, my my go-to. But if I'm not in Cincinnati, if I'm in Charlotte, I like riding Four Wheelers, shooting guns, just a little bit of the country stuff that's yeah. inside me a little bit. But yeah. I really truly love Cincinnati. I love being here. I love everything about it.
0: You said uh, you're into food and stuff. Is there any like food
3: here that you just absolutely love? Any spots that like you're you're high on? Um, I guess you could say like even the known places like you got Eno, you got Soto, you got Jeff Ruby's. Um, but those service places is probably my favorite, my favorite
0: three. Yeah, man, I was going to say, Cincinnati, I've been here for well, almost eight months now, so I'm still learning the spots myself, and I'm sure everyone else listening to this is learning as well. But that's Bengals defensive tackle, BJ Hill. BJ, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, yeah, thank you. Don't go away. We'll be right back on the Strictly Stripes podcast. And thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Before we jump back into our discussion, looking ahead to OTAs next week, I forgot to mention this earlier, but we want to remind you all, and I mean you, the listener, the fan, to go to StrictlyStripes.com and tell us why you're a Bengals fan. Click on the link that says why I'm a Bengals fan. Tell us your story. There's going to be a Google Docs form that opens up. It's a survey you fill out. You tell us when you became a fan, why you became a fan, and why you are so passionate about the Cincinnati Bengals. We're already getting a lot of responses, which we're going to share on this podcast in the coming days and weeks. And if you have a super awesome, authentic response, we will definitely have you on this podcast. I will keep my word on that. So if I don't do it, use this podcast to hold me against it. We will have some of the best answers if we can on this podcast. So go to strictlystripes.com. And fill out that form. So we obviously talked about the here and now with DeAndre Hopkins and what could happen with him and what that means for the Bengals. Now I want to sort of spin back things uh, to Cincinnati. Of course, the Bengals are wrapping up phase two workouts this week. Um, The month of June is upon us. We're recording this on a Wednesday. It's June 1st tomorrow, uh, which means OTAs are next Tuesday. And then you have mandatory mini camp the week after that. Um, now that, like I said, Phase Two is just about in the books, and uh, we're really starting to wrap up the off season before training camp. What are the most interesting things you're looking for, or the biggest questions you have for the Bengals going into OTAs next week? For either of you guys,
2: uh, you know, it, it's funny. You know, it's not much because they they aren't doing much. <laughs> um, you know, they, they limit the 11-11 work. They You know, full speed stuff's almost non-existent. You know, they're a walkthrough pace. I I don't know what you gain from this. I mean, it's not even, um, you know, you're out there right now with the phase two stuff and it's just they're, um, you know, thrown against air. And I, I don't know what we could take. Um, You know, from all this, uh, I I think, you know, the only thing, the only question really was, will Jonah Jonah Williams show up and what kind of shape will he be in in terms of his health? I mean, I think he'll be in good shape. You know, I think he's been working out. He's shown videos on social media. But I mean, other than that, in terms of on the field stuff, I'm really not sure what you're supposed to, to learn from these.
0: Well, I think the interesting thing is like, well, you're right. I mean, compared to like other teams who literally they're already having their OTAs, like the Browns and the Chiefs, you know, and many other teams, like there's a lot more action, obviously. Um, And, you know, the thing with the Bengals where their offseason is different is they're not really doing much contact. They're not really doing those 11 on 11s that they did early in the Zach Taylor era. And of course, you know, before that with his predecessor, Marvin Lewis. But, I mean, I think it makes sense, though. I mean, yeah, there, there really isn't anything tangible to take away other than, like, the Jonah Williams question, which is a whole nother topic. But I think it makes sense, though, because you don't want to, like, risk guys getting hurt. Y- you want to sort of trust a philosophy that I think they've had dating back to last year after they went to the Super Bowl. Because, you, you know, I think with Zach Taylor, he's sort of tiptoeing that fine line of how do you keep guys in peak performance, you know, shape uh, before they come up for training camp in a month. But how do you also do so without risking an injury or, you know, risking a guy getting hurt? Because that's the last thing you want, whether it's the new guys or veterans or rookies. uh, You want to sort of walk that fine line. And I think the approach makes sense. Like, do you either guys kind of agree with the philosophy Zach Taylor's kind of putting into this offseason so far?
1: Well, I mean, in in terms of, you know, so you're asking in, in terms of just kind of not putting through, you know, not putting them through these like rigorous kind of workouts, right? yeah yeah I mean I think it's i you have to agree with it because look at the injury reports the last two years I mean they they haven't really been you know very injured and, and kind of everything that happens is okay, Leo Collins gets his leg rolled into, and Jonah Williams gets his leg rolled into and Alex Kappa gets his leg rolled into like um you know, Cheeto has you know a weird play where he, he's trying to he's trying to cover amari Cooper who I think it was amari going across the middle and his knee kind of buckles like they're not kind of soft tissue things that just kind of pop up, you know, they're, they're very rare, you know, those things happen, you know, not very frequently. So, um, you know, so yeah, I, I think you kind of have to agree with it at this point.
2: Yeah. I, I think it'll be the first thing that gets blamed though, if they don't do well by fans, at least, you know, that they didn't uh, take advantage of all the practice time that they have and things like that. I think it's, you um, in good in theory, you know, as long as you're, you're successful. But you know, in terms of the injury numbers, like, I mean, we don't have the percentages of like comparing it to teams that use all 10 of their OTAs and do more 11 on 11 stuff. I mean, it's hard to say definitively one way or another that works or not. I mean, it's also, it's just a small sample size with last year. Um, you know, I, I think it works for them because they have a lot of veterans that it won't, necessarily impact them on the field but um if they struggle i think it'll be an easy thing to point to to be like you know maybe they should have taken advantage of those extra practices because you know you're leaving things uh that other teams are, are using to, to their benefit on the table and, and it could be tricky um you know i think it's a bolder move to, to not do that
0: i think it's a double-edged sword i mean yeah like on the one hand you're keeping veterans healthy you're keeping them from re-aggravating any previous injuries But at the same time, you know, you have rookies like, you know, Chase Brown and Miles Murphy, like guys who you want to make an impact right away. And if you don't maybe utilize them as best as you could, or you don't give them some extra reps or extra practices, and then maybe you look at how they perform next year, you'll say, well, gosh, why didn't Zach Taylor make those guys do more workouts? Or why didn't they do more like hands-on stuff, 11 on 11s, you know, however you want to pick it out, like. You know, you could look at that and say, oh, man, oh, those Bengals, they they didn't push hard enough. They didn't get those pads going. But I think that, you know, like the saying goes, obviously, and it's cliche, but it makes sense. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think this has worked for the Bengals since last year. Um, it worked for them after they went to the Super Bowl. They almost went back this year. And, you know, I mean, there there's some guys who you don't want to see them get hurt, like DJ Reader missed almost half the season last year with a knee injury. You know, Sam Hubbard, uh, when he was a rookie with Marvin Lewis, he injured, I believe it was his shoulder, one of his upper body muscles, uh, his first rookie mini camp OTA with Marvin Lewis. Granted, you know, it's a, it was a different era with a different coach, but he went through it. Other guys have probably been through it with other teams, like other free agents that have joined on. So they've seen it. And, and I think that approach makes sense. The big thing is you want to obviously develop the camaraderie, which, you know, like BJ Hill talked about when you got guys shaving each other's hair off. In the month of May, it gives you regular season-like vibes, and I know chemistry and culture and all those terms are cliche, but there's definitely something intangible there that you get out of the culture they have during off-season workouts like this. Just to kind of wrap this all up, like I mentioned earlier, as we're taping this podcast, we're less than 24 hours away from the month of June. Obviously, the weather is gorgeous and beautiful outside, and I'm actually about to go outside right after we finish this podcast. What do you guys like to do in the month of June? Do you like to go to the park? Do you like to swim? like what do Mike and Andrew like to do when the month of June strikes the calendar?
1: nothing um I, uh, that's yeah, that's I,
0: good. I like that too
1: <laughs> yeah the uh you know especially um you know kind of working in the n f l covering the n f l it's you know June is the month where you know it's a little bit kind of like the last month of school vibes, um which is I guess fitting because June is the last month of school. Um, you know, you get, uh, like that second week of June hits and then everybody's like, all right, I'll see you in five weeks. And, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, go and do cookouts, uh, you know, a lot of outdoor patio beers. Those are nice. Um, you know, there's a place, uh, I like in, um, in, in Oakley where I live called, uh, called Madtree. Um, you know, that's uh that's a nice little spot to kind of go hang out on like a, on a not so hot night. So. Yeah, I mean, just kind of whatever activities you can do outside, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just different. When you have kids, I mean, that's sort of a silly – it's summertime <laughs> until you take care of them during the summer. So it's not really, uh, you know, time to sort of relax. So uh, just a bit different.
0: Yeah, I, see, I, I knew the kids were going to come up, which I totally get because I was once their age and my parents were once in your shoes. So I sympathize and empathize with you on that. Honestly, I just love to travel. There's definitely a lot of places I want to go this summer. I may go to Dallas with my cousin in a few weeks. I'll be in Columbus next week. Just came back from Nashville with my brother. Uh, Might make another trip out west. I'm not sure. Maybe in July. Hint, hint. Uh, I don't know. But I love to travel, which I didn't get to do a lot, obviously, with COVID and stuff. So I've been doing more of it in the past calendar year. So I am going to be on the road again. But Don't worry, we'll still be here. And we will be back here tomorrow and for the rest of the week, all the way through the rest of OTAs and minicamp. But once again, for myself, Mike and Andrew, I'm
2: Muhammad Ahmad. See you Thursday.